Welcome to APTA's Pulse Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. In 2019, APTA's House of Delegates tasked the association with increasing attention and efforts to support diversity, equity, and inclusion, also known as DEI, within the physical therapy profession. Those efforts are ongoing at the association level, but there's even more happening. Individual PTs, PTAs, and students across the country are also working to advance DEI within the profession every day. New grad Spencer Barron is one of those clinicians. As a student at the Medical University of South Carolina, Spencer and his classmates created a program to reach out to young students from minority populations, exposing them to the physical therapy profession and physical therapy school, and pairing them with mentors to help nurture them in their academic journeys. In this episode, Spencer talks about the initiatives he and his classmates started and the crucial role DE&I plays in the profession now and into the future. Here's our conversation with Spencer. Spencer, in a bit, we're gonna talk about the projects you started at your university. But first, can you tell us a little bit about the moment or moments that led you to stepping up and getting involved in advancing DE&I efforts within the profession? So, you know, I've always had a heart for, for helping people. I think most of us are pretty empathetic in the physical therapy profession. It's kind of like the main thing that seems to get most of us here. Um, you know, and kind of coming up, you know, as I was growing up, I didn't really encounter too much prejudice until, like, high school, really, and kind of started dealing with some stuff there. And even then, I remember kind of thinking, like, dang, man, we're kind of past this, you know, <laughs> but it's, like, still, like, really real out here, you know. Um, and then, you know, kind of worked through college, and college was really cool. College was, like, really eclectic at the University of South Carolina, and, you know, met a lot of different people from kind of different walks of life there, and I hadn't really been exposed to too many different kind of cultures and, you know, schools of thought until kind of going through college. That kind of was my mind to a lot of stuff. And then, you know, got to physical therapy school and, you know, kind of was a little bit surprised to see that, you know, kind of like I was talking about in my blog post, that the the, the makeup of the class was so kind of, there was such a disparity, you know. Um, you know, especially with such a large class being like 64 people at the time, it was it was really kind of interesting to be, you know, to have like like five or six, you know, minority students. Um, it was it was kind of funny actually. So we kind of got paired up with like our um, like you know kind of like a, a mentor mentee kind of thing like in the first couple weeks of class. And the, the class above me also had like like four or five minority students. And my mentor was like was like one of the other minority students in there. So it was, it was kind of an accident. But it was just it was interesting. It was like man, I mean, we were both kind of like wow, this is, this is you know this is kind of a fairly consistent theme, um, and it's not really necessarily reflected out, like, in the community and stuff like that. Um, so that kind of, you know, got me on a kid, too, and, you know, getting, you know, getting, you know, wanted to get really involved with things and kind of see what I can change, and that was kind of one of the big things that stuck out to me. And, you know, thankfully, then, you know, see, they have, like, a ton of initiatives where they're just, like, really, really kind of actively trying to, you know, increase, you know, DE&I efforts within the profession. Um, so I hopped on the Student Diversity Leadership Council there, um, which kind of did, like, a lot of monthly things to kind of promote cultural awareness and stuff like that, and, you know, ended up kind of, you know, working hard there and then working up onto the Positive Health Professions Diversity Committee, you know, and just kind of ended up kind of getting really involved with those two things. And then kind of from that, ended up getting paired up with, you know, a couple um, students above me in the PT profession the year ahead of me, and we kind of had a little think tank thing that we performed and, um, you know, kind of got 
the whole coasting started. It kind of just came out of conversation, really. Wow, that's really awesome. Okay, so next question. So obviously this is your opinion, but why do you believe the profession is where it is today as far as DE&I? And I asked that question because in your blog post, you mentioned that you didn't think that there was necessarily a bias in the admissions process at your university, for instance, but still DE&I remains lacking. So in your opinion, why are we where we are today? Yeah, 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 and everybody's got their own opinion, like I was saying, too. But, like, for me, when you when you boil it down, and, you know, I don't think I've ever met, like, you know, a bias or racist, like, PT that I can think of. You know, like, everybody has, like, really good hearts in the profession that I've met, and all my professors and stuff were, like, super genuine, amazing people. Um, so I think when you kind of boil it down, it's kind of, like, kind of coming down to, like, a lack of, of interest and opportunities you know, for and from minority students. And, you know, I don't know if that's whether or not, like, a lot of minority students don't, you know, like first-generation college students and might not have parents in the healthcare profession. Or, you know, there's just a lot of, like, minority students not understanding, you know, what it takes to get into PT school and, you know, in the first place. Because it's, like, it's incredibly challenging to get accepted. And you know that. I mean, you know, I think NUSC has, like, like, you know, 700 or so applicants every year and takes, like, 60-something students, you know. Um, so, I mean, it, it takes a lot of work from a young age, and I don't think that that's getting necessarily instilled in kids at, like, a young enough age, you know. Um, so I think that's kind of why things are at where they're at now, um, you know. And I think that's just kind of the way the way things are. I don't think it's necessarily anybody's fault, per se, but I think that's kind of – I think that's why kind of things are right now, in my opinion, at least. Right. So you're saying it's almost like a foundational thing. It doesn't start in PT school, and you can track it back to elementary school or high school where students don't even realize PT is a career option for them or something that they'd be interested in. Exactly, yeah. You, you don't even see people like really even, you know, the, the, I think the most common thing you see is people like getting hurt and like that and then getting the PT from getting hurt and then that kind of made them want to get into PT. But, you know, if you have like, you know, if you have minority kids, for example, I guess that, you know, never really had an injury, they, you might not have been exposed to PT because you just don't, you know, kind of see PT getting out there as, as much as, you know, hopefully we will one day. Um, you know, I think that they can, I might try to do in the future is kind of getting out and like, local high schools and middle schools and kind of just, like, talking about, hey, this is PT, this is, you know, what it is, what we do kind of thing. Um, you know, if anybody hears about, like, you know, physicians and nurses and stuff like that, but you don't really hear as much about PTs. Um, you know, and it's a really rewarding profession that has a lot to offer. And now for a quick break. Are you ready to tell the world about the benefits of physical therapy? We're here to help. Visit APTA's official consumer information website, choosept.com. There you can find branded graphics and information, postcards, and merchandise to share in your communities or on social media. APTA member physical therapists can also activate their Find a PT profile to make it easy for the public to contact you. So get involved and help us maximize public awareness of the value of physical therapy by promoting ChoosePT.com. And now let's return to the show. Okay, so earlier this year, you sent me a blog post you'd written about your DE&I efforts at your university, the Medical University of South Carolina. Listeners can read it on APTA.org, and we'll post the link in the show page. But can you tell us a little bit about the programs you and your classmates started? 
Yeah, so the COAST program stands for Creating Opportunity and Academic Success for Tomorrow's Therapists. Um, it really has two major components, a mentorship program and what we call a PEP day, and the PEP stands for Physical Therapy um, Exploration Program. Um, so the mentorship program really aims to get kind of like young minority students, and the, the, the age range is really kind of like geared towards like juniors and seniors in high school and like freshmen and sophomores in college, um, at least at this time. Because our thinking was, you know, when, when, once you're this age, you know, it's time that, like, you know, you, you can still, like, do something about your GPA if it's kind of low if you're, like, a freshman in college, you know. Um, you know, if you're in, like, the end of high school, it's kind of like time to kind of maybe start thinking about your major a little bit. Um, you know, once you're kind of later on in college, not that the ship has failed by any means, but it's going to be a bit more challenging in that process. So, getting started, we kind of aim towards that age group. Um, and the mentorship program really just aims to get, those minority students kind of paired up with current, you know, minority uh, students and clinicians, hopefully in a close proximity, but at least within, like, you know, the general region with them, um, you know, and, you know, that, and that, the idea is that that mentor can serve as a resource for, you know, questions regarding applications, you know, class demands, um, what the lifestyle is like in grad school, because it's a lot different than college and then a lot different than high school, um, you know, kind of, you know, the ways to go about getting volunteer hours and hours for applications and stuff like that, um, you know, questions about GRE testing and questions about stuff you wouldn't even, like, really think about, like, where, you know, where's a good place to get a haircut? Because, you know, there's a little, it, you know, it can be a little bit different for some people, like, where do you want to get your haircut at? And that's stuff you don't really think about that much um, when you're kind of moving to, you know, somewhere for PT school or something like that. Um, and then the PET program is, like, a one-day exploratory program where some minority students come in who are, you know, interested in the profession and um, hopefully a member of, like, the COAST program, but if not, like, kind of real men kind of thing. Um, and there's, like, a bunch of, like, Q&A panels with current students and faculty and staff about kind of the same things we just discussed, like, you know, what's it like, what's it take, you know, we kind of reel them about, like, the financial investment of PT schools. I think that's really important to know when you're coming into it. Um, you know, it's, it's going to cost a lot of money. It's, it's worth a lot, but it's going to cost a lot. Um, you know, and then we kind of get them over to our CARES clinic, which is like a pro bono, um, well, it's a student-run clinic um, on Tuesday and Wednesday evening. But during the day, it's like a fully functioning PT clinic. So we take them down to the clinic and let them kind of like shadow some patients being treated and show them some equipment down there because we have like a light gate and stuff like that. So you can kind of show them you know, or like a body support treadmill kind of thing. So we can kind of show them some stuff down in there, um, you know, kind of some cool stuff. And we take them over to the research building, too, and show them, you know, some of the kind of cool things that, that, that research is doing with PTs um, in, the, in the profession. And so I kind of just try to give them a taste of, you know, everything that the PT has to offer kind of in one day, essentially. So it's a pretty busy day. There's a lot of talking, and there's even, like, talking over lunch and stuff. But it kind of, you know, just here's what, PT is, you know, um, do you love it? You know, is this something you would be interested in? You know, kind of like trying to, you know, spark spark their interest in the thing. So that's, that's the whole COAST program now, um, you know, and it's kind of, kind of where we came so far with it. So when you're hosting your events at your university, are these uh, students who are presenting and talking to the future students potentially, are they using uh, personal anecdotes? Is this about their lived experience? Or is this just a more uniform, this is what PT school is like, this is the profession? That's my first question. And then second, how are you recruiting 
uh, potential um, students and attendees for these events? Are you going to guidance counselors? Are you going directly to parents um, or to schools? Um, I'm just curious. Yeah, that first question is great, actually. Um, so right now it is kind of like the personal kind of just firsthand account of like this is what things have been like for me, um, at least so far. We're still kind of, you know, getting things, figuring out where we kind of want to go with it, right? But um, right now it, it's not like as much of a uniform response to things, and that that is that's a great idea, something we could definitely like think about. I, I like that. Um, so right now it is like pretty firsthand, like this is what it's been like for me. It's, it's a pretty personal you know, you know, topic that we're kind of working with. So, you know, it's kind of pretty personalized and tailored responses to questions usually. Um, and then, you know, for the recruiting, what we've been doing is kind of reaching out to, like, high schools, you know, that in the local area and then high schools that, you know, we had kind of connections to from, you know, going there um, and kind of talk with, with counselors there about, you know, maybe some, some minority students that they know who are, you know, doing well academically and might be interested in the the healthcare profession and kind of been recruiting that way. Um, we just started kind of getting flyers made and stuff like that and kind of got in touch with our um, community outreach office at NUSD and got coordinated with them about a year ago. Um, so now whenever our um, community outreach office goes out on the road, um, to different, like, HBCUs and, you know, high schools and stuff like that. They kind of market a bit for us as well. So we kind of started out just reaching out, like, you know, via phone and email to high school um, high school counselors and kind of going about it that way. Realizing you're still early in the process in determining whether you are making a significant difference, what potential metrics are you using to measure success? And what has been your biggest challenge so far? The metrics that we'll be using for our success are um, – well, success is kind of like a, you know, a big word to you. So, like, you know, we want students to come into, into you know, the TT profession out of this, but really we just want to see students being successful, whether or not they, you know, come into TT and, you know, go into, you know, whatever, finance or anything else. Um, I know we've had a couple of students that just, we kind of, you know, have paired up with mentors and they just said, you know, I'm not interested in, in you know, TT anymore. I just don't think it's the way I want to go. And, you know, we were like, Sometimes that's fine, you know, but if you still need anything, you still have any questions about, you know, serving in a leadership role or just doing anything at all, you know, and, you know, being a minority kind of going through it, you know, please still reach out, you know. Um, but as far as, like, the, the program itself is success, um, metrically, I think our, our biggest metric will be, you know, students from this program getting accepted in the PT programs because that's, like, that's the goal at the end of the day, you know. Um and then beyond that, you know, students kind of, you know, taking jobs and, like, serving in leadership roles maybe down the road. But I think our first, like, really big metric is going to be seeing how many of these students that we're reaching out to that we're investing in will actually, you know, kind of go through the go through the process and put the work in and, you know, get accepted in the PT school. Um, as far as, like, the biggest challenge, the, the biggest challenge has is, is, is probably been – coordinating everything, honestly. Um, if you have, like, a bunch of, you know, really willing and, like, able people on, on, on both sides of the the equation, really, but the tough thing is to get people, like, linked up together, you know, because um, you have, like, all these, you know, willing, you know, kind of, like, you know, community, you know, clinicians and faculty and stuff, you know, minority and non-minority, and you have all these, 
minority students that are really interested in the tucking has been getting them kind of linked up together, and especially because in the mentorship program, we try to get clinicians and students linked up together who share the same demographic. Um, so that's also a little bit of a challenge as well because um, sometimes we just don't have it, and we try to keep, like, the ratio low. We don't want to have, like, one clinician with, like, four students and then one clinician with, like, no students, you know. So sometimes it doesn't quite work out that way, but that's kind of some coordination. We try to get people, like, kind of close-ish together as well in case they want to, like, meet up in person or something like that. And then the other big challenge has been uh, just kind of the, the concern, the longevity of the program because, you know, like, you know, our, our, the tough and interesting challenge for me was, I, you know, I founded the program with, with you know, three uh, PT students who were a year above me. So the first year we did it all, it was like, you know, the work was kind of spread out a bit more, you know, and, you know, they were, like, all super smart. Um, so and they, they were all, like, super driven, too. So, you know, it, it was kind of like a more of a, you know, team effort. Um, and, and I wasn't necessarily, like, you know, you know, as, like, overwhelmed or anything, really. But then once they all graduated, it kind of like kind of fell upon my shoulders to kind of carry on the mantle. And, you know, it ended up working out well, but, you know, it was kind of a challenge to just, you know, because things were still kind of getting on the ground at that point where it was like, if you, you know, you, I could have easily just kind of like not done much and it was kind of falling apart, but, you know, I, I thought it was too important. So, you know, kind of making sure that things kept rolling and kind of kept the ball rolling. And then, you know, kind of getting people that were like a year younger than me you know, kind of trained up and showing them what I've been doing so that, you know, the next year in this coming up year's PEP program, PEP day, like, works out well, too. Um, and thankfully, you know, there's, like, some super bright, super smart PD students a year below me, um, Lexi Perry, Kelsey Siegel, and Corey Green, and they've been, like, super, super helpful. And so, you know, I have no doubt that they'll, they'll carry on everything well. But then their challenge will be, similar to me, will be finding people a year below them to carry the program out because it's it's student run and student you know student founded so that's kind of the the challenge there with students only being on campus for two years of the three-year program um it's kind of ensuring that longevity and now for a quick break whether you're mapping out your long-term financial strategy or want to explore student loan refinancing apta's financial solution center is there to help apta is committed to providing helpful tools and information to help you make the best financial decisions possible Learn more at apta.org slash financial solutions. Now let's return to the show. So let's talk a little bit about something you wrote in your blog post. You wrote that your vision is that your program will provide gifted students and minority populations with the tools they need to be successful in the physical therapy school and beyond. Describe what those tools are and how do you envision and hope that people utilize them while they're in school and beyond. Think in the clinic. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the, the big kind of intangibles that we're trying to instill in, in people right now are, you know, professional interaction at a young age. Um, so, you know, kind of, you know, putting them on a spot a little bit at the pep day and kind of asking them some, you know, some real questions, you know. So professional interaction, like, you know, socially, academically, and clinically, you know, kind of learning those skills as you come through PT school. Um, trying to instill that whole concept of accountability, and, and these students as they're going through the program, I'm not really into the whole, like, handout thing. Like, like I said in the blog post, you know, programs like this, because they're incredibly arduous, you know, and, you, you know, to make it through, you, you got to, you know, you got to be willing to put the work in and be capable. Um, but you also need to deserve to be there. You know, it's like a slippery slope. You kind of tread there between, 
you know, letting the, let, you know, trying to enhance the, you know, the, you know, diversity of the class and, you know, then just like letting people in just because they're a minority student. And you can't do that. You gotta let, you know, you gotta let the best and brightest only in. So, you know, we've got to ensure that accountability in, in these young minority students to make sure that, like, they're putting themselves in positions to be successful, you know. Um, you know, trying to ensure and still, you know, you know, qualities of service in these students is really important to me, too. You know, the willingness to to pass on the torch, you know, like. Um, and, you know, hopefully all these, these, you know, traits and tools kind of translate into, you know, students becoming clinicians and, you know, changing lives in a positive way in the clinic and, you know, maybe serving in leadership roles, you know, clinically or socially or, you know, even like on the APTA politically or whatever. Changing lives for the better. That's the whole point, you know, it's a service industry. So, you know, that's the whole point of it all is that, you know, people, we can, you know, help people get out of pain and, you know, feel better more effectively. My hope for the future is that, you know, we kind of have a profession that, you know, as, as you know, indicative as possible as, as the demographics, you know, surrounding it in, in the clinics, you know, so that when when patients come into clinics, you know, no matter where they're at or what, life, uh, what walk of life they're coming from, they felt they're being seen by somebody who, you know, not just understands their pain, but understands their story, you know, understands where they're coming from and kind of like what shaped them to be who they are at this point, you know, because... No, I did the Teddy Roosevelt quote, like, nobody can care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, so, you know, we have people who are able to establish trust with, with, with anybody coming from, from any, you know, culture or walk, or walk of life. Um, so, you know, my hope for the long term is that, you know, these initiatives kind of put us in a better position to establish, you know, more trust with the community, um, that they, that they value us more because we have a lot to offer. And, you know, that we're able to kind of like I said a couple of times, just like really, really push outcomes, you know, as, as far forward as we can so that we can so that we can change lives for the positive. Um, you know, and hopefully all this leads to, you know, you can talk about kind of logistics and other stuff too like that, you know, like, you know, more direct access and like better reimbursement because as a result of all this stuff, the public sees a higher value on our profession and what we have to offer, you know. Um so that's kind of big stuff, I guess, big picture stuff. But I'm hoping that, you know, these kind of initiatives um, lead to that kind of, you know, big picture stuff, among some other things. But, you know, I think they, they could play a big role in that. Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was an awesome discussion. Thank you for having me. This was great. APTA is committed to fostering a culture of diversity, equity, and inclusion within our community. This is a journey, and a journey that needs your perspective and your support. If you have ideas to increase diversity and promote equity and inclusion, email us at dei at apca.org. APCA podcasts like this one are available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apca.org slash podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.